So we're recording this before Christmas. We are. But actually, this is going to be released after Christmas. So I feel like we've got the pre-Christmas energy uh, to get others through post-Christmas. <laughs> Anything could have happened by now. Yeah. How was your Christmas, Matt? Rue? Good Christmases? <laughs> How was my Christmas? My theoretical Christmas uh, went really well. Yeah. I, I nailed the turkey. Well, you know, not to the wall or anything. Like. Right to the wall. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm betting on. Nice. So how was your Christmas, Rui? Uh Theoretically, uh, amazing. Yeah. Just fantastic. You know, family gathered around the Yule log. Christmas pudding was great. Did you light it on fire? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the pudding, of course. Yeah. We're renting a house this year, so I feel dangerous doing that because I'm always a bit liberal with the brandy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to say that in some sort of upper class, you know, uh, countryside manner voice. I'm a little bit liberal with the brandy. I was a bit liberal with the brandy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a New Year's Eve special episode, which means we don't have any Watchtower Weekly, but we are discussing cybersecurity predictions in 2020. Can you believe it's going to be 2020? I know. Oh. It's scary. I'm driving a 2020 BMW right now. Uh, it's, it's a loaner <laughs> that they gave me while they repair my 2008. Oh, I love that. And let me tell you, this thing has some whiz-bang features in it. Oh, have you gone to the future? Yes. Have you got that thing where it parks for you? No, it doesn't do that, but it has a heated steering wheel. Whoa. It detects when you are not in the lane anymore and forcibly steers you back on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it has a heads-up display, so the speed and the speed limit are displayed on the windshield in front of you, so you don't ever have to look down. This is mad. It's banana pants. Yeah, it's really something else. Why hasn't this kind of technology come to computing is what I want to know. (laughs) Why can't I have a heated keyboard and heated mouse? That would be amazing. Because uh, one of the things that is on my Christmas list this year that hopefully I would have received by the time this goes out (laughs) uh, is a a hand warmer, because I have really bad circulation. You old man, you. So I have a hand warmer coming and a new pair of slippers. That's my Christmas list. (laughs) Right, so we're going to be talking about this article that Anna has found that is amazing. Yes, this is from cyberscoop.com. So it seems kind of like the entire cybersecurity sector has something to say about what the future holds for 2020. But Kelly Shortridge, VP of Product Strategy at Capital 8, actually asked, what do the computers themselves think? (laughs) So as a result, she actually made a bot read more than a thousand cybersecurity predictions. For 2020, and then asked it to write predictions of its own. So the bot kind of made eight very astute predictions, I think. But what I love about this is some of it makes sense and is quite intelligent, and some of it just sounds like gobbledygook and is quite hilarious. Can I just say that Kelly Shortridge is my new favorite author because this is a fantastic idea for an article. This is brilliant. I love the fact that the the bot actually makes puns. Yeah. Right? Prediction number one, growth of zero trust AI tax, as in a tax. Oh my gosh. It's a terrible pun, um, but it's brilliant. (laughs) The the bot's come up with it. Wow. So the year 2020 expects to see an increase in the preventative approach of deep learning environments, which will become outdated and dangerous. TTPs will continue to evolve. Cyber threats will fight AI with AI. Drones hovering outside office windows will discuss ML and AI to combat the threat (laughs) landscape. 
These AI will announce a strike over Twitter, the first monumental disruption in 2020. That's fantastic. I like that. I'm going to wait for that now. Going to watch on Twitter. I I think this really sounds like one of those articles. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, we have contributed to a few. When we get asked for comment, we generally do. We've been a part of these articles and it always scares me that they're going to place it in the middle of one of these and make us just seem ridiculous. (laughs) All right, Ro. Prediction number two. Uh, Prediction two, yeah. Uh, Expanding opportunities for cloud weaponization. Uh, (laughs) That's that's so great. Uh, Preventing cloud compromises will require a cross-generational blend of multi-layered and connected defense powered by security mechanisms such as DevOps. Companies are not synchronized with the DevOps. Security of their workloads in the cloud remains low. Unfortunately, most companies maintain both on-prem and cloud environments. DevOps will increase as sophisticated attacks hit the on-prem world. I mean, it sounds like the bot here is worried about people actually breaking into offices for, for on-premise uh, stuff. Yeah, and, and because the companies aren't synchronized with their DevOps, there's just vulnerabilities everywhere. Or DevOps, as they call it there. Or DevOps, yeah. Yeah, my favorite bit here is the, the cloud continues to be the easiest vectors that present new wrinkles. <laughs> the the smallpox small of, of the cybersecurity. Meaning across multiple clouds. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is some solid predictions. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thankfully... If a company would just sort of implement this cross-generational blend of multi-layered and connected defense, they'll be fine. I don't think that that should take care of the problem. Mm -hmm. So prediction number three, impending constellation multiplication or IoT. So there are many IoT devices, smart homes and more devices becoming connected. As this is a well-established backdoor into our lives, we must see a steady growth of IoT related attacks. We have already. State-sponsored botnets of compromise will increase. Botnets of compromise is a brilliant phrase there. Yeah. Impending constellation multiplication and then in brackets (laughs) IoT. IoT, when the the three words don't make IoT is just R. Such a mouthful and tongue twister as well. Try saying impending constellation multiplication five times over really fast. Yeah, I feel like I want it to be my new LinkedIn tagline, which is quite sad. (laughs) So prediction four, 5G offers unprecedented data theft speeds. The newest cellular standard 5G is rolling out across the world in response to the global success of the cyber arms race. (laughs) I love this idea that they're rolling out 5G because the theft of data isn't fast enough. The year 2020 will see a rise of adoption of 5G. However, it may end up being a catalyst for the radical paradigm shift to unprecedented data theft. Garner estimates that at least 40% of IoT-created data is now stored, processed, and analyzed to create many victims at 5G speeds. The, the idea that just, like, the selling point of 5G is that it will steal your data faster is one that I think this bot fully understands. <laughs> Prediction five, vehicle threatens backlash. Ooh, you were just talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I know. In 2020, autonomous vehicles, or AV, will be brought to a standstill. The year 2020 expects to see an increase in their use of this threat. Cyber attacks causing cars to malfunction are not off limits to foot and vehicle traffic. (laughs) This is one that I think has come across lots of prediction websites as being pretty terrible. This idea that, you know, connected cars can somehow be hacked and, and basically just stopped. Stopped or or weaponized and just like driven around into things. Oh dear. Mm, scary. Hopefully we see a, a rise in the blue team there. Yeah. I particularly like the wording of prediction six, which is ransomware is unfortunately the most obvious. <laughs> 
also, the year 2020 will be the ransomware attacks. Research has shown that the threat is the ignorance, which is cryptocurrency. I mean, ignorance is cryptocurrency. <laughs> With the decline of cryptocurrency accounts, attackers will make use of the established banking community. New online banking and payment data would now be wielded by an adversary activity. One thing's for certain, illegal fees as well as rewards will join forces. Despite its soaring revenues, it must rebuild a damaged customer base. I feel like it is getting at something here, right? It is getting on this idea of insurance fueling ransomware, yeah. which is a topic that has been discussed at length on security Twitter. Mm, and on the podcast. Yes, yeah. But I don't know. I feel like the insurance industry has always been pushing things that reward others for doing bad things, right? Yeah. So number seven, end of end user elections. In 2020, we expect to properly understand how we realise that we are terrible. <laughs> we are terrible. Political adversaries... Oh, this one's too close to home this week. I know. <laughs> Political adversaries will look for a reality. I don't think they'll ever find it. <laughs> it will be fake news 2.0. Drones hovering outside office windows will hijack a Bluetooth mouse to silently install malware on systems to tally who is our next president. We will all be waiting breathlessly after the final vote has been tallied to learn if the US has suffered a social media. <laughs> I think the US has already suffered a social media. Oh, yeah. I think most of the world has suffered through it. The effort has put into continuously generating a sense of chaos and attempting to discredit candidates and push inaccurate political process is the primary threat to democracy. I think I agree with Mr. Bot there. Mm. It's very likely that we will see an increase in the targeting of state and local voter databases with a goal of creating voter havoc and triggering voter fraud, potentially undermining leadership for our next slate of elected representatives. This uh, this bot makes some complex sentences. <laughs> it does. <laughs> some which make sense and some that don't. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Prediction number eight. <laughs> <laughs> the headline is so good. <laughs> more, more security officers will get worse in all caps. <laughs> in 2020, major corporations will collect information security officers. Oh, we're going to collect them. It's like Pokemon cards. Yeah, like Pokemon cards. <laughs> A recent survey has shown that some may require decision makers and coffee to see what we do as security in 2020. However, CISO job descriptions lack a critical skill set. The ability to bring strategic value to an organization. No. The CISO must answer when the board asks, are we secure? Are we doing the right skill sets to combat this threat? <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I like about this the most is that it seems like Skynet has a sense of humor. <laughs> because, yeah. first of all, it, it, it does say that research will conduct an airstrike on chief data officers. Right. You know, that's funny at the time, you know. When uh, when all these things are connected, not so funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this bot, you know, isn't a real person and, and has directives and stuff, but it's, it's pretty scary. Uh, conclusion, humans suck at security and data protection. We rely on them. See, that's a terrifying sentence when you read it as the point of the view of the bot. Accordingly, enterprises must race to lock all of the security. Nothing is more difficult to do. Wow. It's pretty good. Yeah. I like this. I liked the fact that a bot wrote that after reading all the conclusion pieces, though. Yeah. I feel like I don't need to do the other reading now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever read the AI version of Harry Potter? No, but I want to. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I have various problems with, with the Harry Potter stories. Uh, so uh, th this summed them up all nicely because it didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> but somehow you were just like, yeah, Ron could do that. I totally believe that. <laughs> it's a good Christmas festive read, I feel. Very much so. 
that was a slightly depressing take on what's gonna happen in 2020 so i thought we would sort of conclude this episode with 10 things to improve your security in the new year i want to bring us home on a more positive note all right so anna what is the first thing to improve your security in the new year so number one is surprisingly get a password manager do you have any recommendations on one to get i could think of a few but you know <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't kind of be a one password list of tips without this one, really. Obviously, we think this is one of the most important things you can do to improve your digital security. So generate stronger, more secure passwords or, you know, simply just protect against password reuse attacks. So well, one of the things when other companies uh, and, you know, other other journalists, I guess, do this list right? The, the things that you can do to improve your security. Number one is never a password manager. Number one is always 2FA. And uh, when other people read these lists, and I, and I think the journalists understand this, but when other people read this list and a service doesn't have 2FA, they do not move to number two. <laughs> they do not layer security. And I think getting a password manager is probably the foundation that you mm-hmm. start with and then you add 2FA onto it, yeah. not the other way around. Because also a password manager can make 2FA easier, right? So sort of facilitating another thing that will help secure you. Very much so. So number two is uh, if you've been using a password manager for a while, clean out your vaults. I'm terrible for this. <laughs> I think we've discussed it on the podcast before, but I, I basically have an archive vault and I try and just throw everything in there and hope one day that I don't need it. But, um, you know, 1Password is smart. So every time I sign in on another device, of course, all my all vault settings don't, don't sync with me. So uh, when I start a new device and I reset my device fairly regularly, just because I, I want to test something or something like that. So I end up with that archive vault just being incredibly annoying. So <laughs> what I did was I went into the web in- interface, so unselected all the devices that that vault actually ended up syncing to. Oh, that's right. I forget that you can do that. If you go to the web, you can turn off like, I don't want this on Android. I don't want this on iOS or Mac or whatever. Nice. That is my archive vault. Now. Pro tip. Oh, good Lord. That's brilliant. I'm going to go do that for a bunch of my faults. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, that time that you need it, you can always hit a button and sign in on the web. Uh, number three, review parental controls on family devices. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time not reading this one as the, the AI bot that generated the last article. <laughs> yeah. You should review the parental controls on your family devices. Uh, you know, throughout the year, you might have made certain choices around allowing certain things to happen. Or as your kids have gotten older, maybe you can give them fewer restrictions on the devices. But it's good to sort of check and make sure that they're not able to access things that you don't want them to. You know, you could set up some screen time limitations potentially and just do a check of the device. See what they've been on. Pop open Safari and see what's in the search history. Just be involved in your kids' digital life. And we've spoken about this before as well to just make it more of a conversation between parent and child rather than just dictating what settings they should have. Yep, for sure. So number four, we have check your subscriptions. So The beginning of the year is kind of a great time to evaluate any reoccurring subscriptions you have in place. So you can cancel anything you no longer use or don't need. Keep the things you do use, obviously, on a regular basis. But if you are going to remove things, make sure you go into removing all the credit card information from a site before deleting your account. One of the things that I always get every year 
is an email on, I'm going to say like the 10th of January or, you know, maybe earlier, but, and it's usually a product that I had all the intention of using for the entire year and like, it was going to change my life. Hey, I'm going to start <laughs> journaling or, Hey, I'm going to start, yeah. you know, uh, on gym membership or, Hey, I'm going to start meditating. Yeah. All, all this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that subscription when it comes through is always quite depressing. <laughs> Doesn't it drive you to start doing that thing again uh, i mean sometimes set yourself new goals Matt. but then i'm like look i just spent a year on this and i you know <laughs> and i didn't really do it so <laughs> so for those on ios in particular uh, you can go to the settings app and right at the top under your apple id there is uh, you tap on your apple id and there you can see your subscriptions and i've got i got a few it turns out but i'm using all of them so it's okay oh wow i've got three weather apps oh that's terrible oh dear i know um Know what's on your network. Number five. Do you actually know what devices have access to your Wi-Fi? Take inventory of anything and everything that is accessing your network. Know who it belongs to and where it should be located, whether it's at work or at home. Add a guest Wi-Fi network. I actually do this for my house, mainly because I put a simple password on one and, <laughs> uh, and a ridiculous password on the other. <laughs> but I, I know some people take it further and have like, you know, dedicated Wi-Fi networks for things like Internet of Things. Oh, that's an interesting idea. And kind of add degrees of access based on all of those things. So, you know, that printer that you rarely use or something like that, you can just change Wi-Fi network. And maybe the printer doesn't need to be Internet connected, but it can work over your local network. Yeah, stuff like that. Separating out your concerns is always a, a good place with your own network. I have 19 devices on my Wi-Fi. That seems incredibly high. No, I don't think that's high. I think when you count like Xbox, PS4, phone, HomePod. I mean, you've got like five HomePods, right? <laughs> One for each room. I have, so. I have two, two Homes pod. Oh, I can't believe they pay you two HomePod money. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're talking in bot language again. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, it's a good thing to realize I also have like five different mobile devices on my desk for testing various things. So I guess that's not so high. Oh, I do too. <laughs> oh, take out the digital trash. Uh, clean up your inbox and unsubscribe from any newsletters or store offers that you never look at. Set up filters to keep your inbox tidy and ensure that important emails never slip through the cracks. Do you know something I would love to do that I think is a, is a possibility is I want to set up some sort of spam filter for my iCloud account. Because I don't think that the spam filters built into mail are the greatest in the world. So I would love to have some sort of like real spam filter. Although I do notice that like periodically the amount of spam I get drops precipitously. And I think that it's because Apple is doing active spam filtering on the server side. And they're like, mm, no, we're not letting this through anymore. Hmm, that's cool. Yep. All right, Anna, number seven. Yes, number seven. You knew it was coming. Turn on two-factor authentication. So this is basically a no-brainer. It increases security on your accounts by significantly reducing the likelihood of being hacked. You can do this right in one password. You go to the sidebar. You can. Under Watchtower, look for 2FA. It will tell you all the sites that you have in your vault that have 2FA available but not enabled. And then you can just go through and we even give you like a handy-dandy link to like go right to the place and do the thing. We do. Nice. Number eight is audit your passwords. Use Watchtower to check for password breaches and other security problems. I do this every now and then, like probably every couple of months, I action all the things in, in Watchtower. Uh, look for any duplicate passwords and use a password generator to create new and unique passwords for each login. I'm sure everybody on this podcast is currently doing that. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> Mostly if you're listening to this, you are probably using a password manager. And if not, welcome. Might <laughs> yeah. I recommend one password. Hi, friends. <laughs> Maybe they're just here for, you know, the handsome 
most. Well, which one are you referring to? It's me. Uh, <laughs> number nine, check your shared passwords. Periodically throughout the year, we share things with other people. Make sure that you should still be sharing that stuff. Just check out who has access to what and go take a look. Anna, number 10, bring us home. Number 10 is new year, new you, which means protect your social media privacy. So check to see how, what, and how much the social media giants know about you and your private life. So here you can go through your privacy settings to see what people not on your friends list can see about you. And then you can take the necessary steps to manage your social media privacy. So you can configure each social media site so that your posts aren't public. And obviously always think twice about what you share or reveal on there as well. And turn off social logins for any website you've enabled it on. Hashtag delete Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Uh, Anna, do we have any real or not real? We do. So here we go. It's sloths leave their homes once a week to poop. Absolutely real. I'm going to say real. I feel like they're they're very graceful animals because they do, you know, they take what I consider, you know, considered time to do something. Yeah. I feel like they live in the moment. They're very mindful. They have to. I, I'd like to see a movie about sloths, but one where they just get a little itch and they're just like, ah, they scratch it. Because <laughs> I feel like watching that as a sloth is really satisfying. You ever watched a, a sloth, like, just scratching it? We get Dave and Attenborough to narrate it. Damn it, Anna, you beat me to it. <laughs> They've got, like, really big claws and, like, and that, that kind of wiry fur. And it's just like, oh. That felt like a good itch to scratch. Oh, God. I think we've got one off on a tangent. Uh, this is true, by the way. Yeah, I think so. It takes them a while. It takes them three and a half days to get there. To get where? To the bathroom. And then they poop. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say this is real too. Yeah. Yes, this is real. I thought it would be... A good one for Christmas because we're all sloths over Christmas, right? (laughs) But in what kind of sounds like a great sort of life, three-toed sloths descend from their leafy canopies anywhere from once a week to once every three weeks, cross the street, dig a hole, poop in it, cover it with leaves and return home. But it's only three-toed sloths. Two-toed sloths, however, tend to poop at home. I'm just picturing now after Matt's whole thing of watching a a sloth like itch itself, I'm just picturing like it descend from the leafy canopy. (laughs) It gives a stretch. It reaches back and gives itself a good old scratch and then goes, all right, let's get this done. And then it, you know, (laughs) trundles across the street, digs its hole and goes to town. Yeah, it's a real event. On that note. I think that brings us to a close. But if you've loved the show this year, please rate us or leave us a review because it really, really helps. Oh, fun. And um, I hope you all have a lovely new year. Merry Christmas. Oh, happy new year and happy holidays. All right. Love you both. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God, it's so good every time. (laughs)